William Carey University is one of the top universities in the Southeast. With multiple scholarship opportunities for incoming students, it's one of the most affordable private universities in all of America. Carey provides a multitude of undergraduate and graduate programs, as well as over 10 different doctoral degrees. Did I mention that Carey also boasts one of the top 100 med schools in the country? And I also hear that the baseball team's pretty dang good. Check them out on all forms of social media and visit wmcarry.edu for more information. If you're looking for hats for your business, hunting club, or just whatever, go check out Chickasahay Hat Company. It's locally owned by good folks, so you don't have the hassle of dealing with big box companies. They carry multiple different brands and sizes, including the number one selling hat, the Richardson 112. Custom embroidery is available on all hats and shirts, and to top it off, 10% of all profits go to charities for people that struggle with addiction. Like I said, good people. You can check them out on Facebook at Chickasahay Hat Company or on the web at ChickasahayHatCo.com. Mississippi, you know how hard it was for me. Mississippi, I miss you, I hope you miss me, my Mississippi. All right, we're back. Another episode of the Pinstripes to Camo podcast. And uh, tonight, uh, I think this is going to be my favorite guest we've had ever. Don't don't let him butter you up. He says that every time we do a show. <laughs> do not say that every time we do a we show. We had a guy made squirrel calls the other day, and he said that to him. That guy was really good. Though. Uh, tonight we got Logan Cook calling in from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, Logan is a Columbia native. Played his uh, high school ball at Columbia Academy, then went on to Mississippi State. Uh, was drafted in 2018 by the Jaguars. Uh, Funny story about that. Uh, about about him getting drafted. It's not. A, you texted me that night said, why are we drafting punter? <laughs> no, that's, that what, that's what he says. Here. Why are we drafting a punter? That's not, Do we not plan on scoring? No, that was when we drafted a punter in the second round one year. That was like 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Never mind, though. But it wasn't Logan. So, Logan, glad to have <laughs> you, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be on here. It seems like I'm very loved on here already, so. You are by me. I yeah. can't speak. Well, I don't. I don't have any ill will against you <laughs> at all. All right, we were talking before the show tonight, and we're curious about something because we don't know Jack Squad about kicking the football. But when you were in college at Mississippi State, you averaged like forty-two yards a punt. Yeah. And then you go to the NFL and you average almost fifty yards a punt. Yeah, I want to apologize to a lot of Mississippi State fans. I feel like I wasn't a very developed punter when I was there. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a development. We're wondering if something's different with the ball or, you know, you just – or like you're saying, it was a development thing. You just got better when you got to the NFL. But, like, that's a – I mean, you're talking about seven yards extra on each punt. Yeah. On average, that's a big deal. Yeah, um, I mean, it, there's a lot that goes into the punting game that a lot of people don't think about. Uh, things I didn't think about till till I got to the league and kind of saw the you know different aspects of it. But well, one, when I was there, we you know we had a pretty good pretty good team, Mississippi State, especially the first couple of years. Dak was Dak was balling, and then and then we got into the Nick Fitzgerald 
um, era, and that was, you know, still had a pretty productive offense. And um, so a lot of your punts, well, what, they were midfield punts, you know. So you're right. punting from, you know, plus 40 back to the 50, maybe minus 45. So you're getting a lot of those pooch punts. And um, so that's why there's other stats, like there's return yard stats, there's fair catch stats, there's inside the 20 stats. So you can say a punter has a, a lower average during the season. You can go look at his other stats, and if his inside the 20s are high, and it kind of, it kind of makes sense, right? While, while, while his average would be down, but honestly, man, I think whenever I was uh, um, in college, I was still try- kind of figuring it out. The game was, the game was just still real fast for me. And I don't know if that came from, you know, I, honestly, I, I obviously punted in high school, but you know, I think I, obviously I played both ways. We dressed out twenty something guys, so you know, if you were a half decent athlete, you <laughs> you did everything. Right. And uh, so that was. Uh, you know, I wasn't really focusing on punting during a game. It was more or less winning a football game, uh, you know, which we didn't do a ton of. But, you know, uh, so I think when I got to college, it, you know, the game was pretty fast from a standpoint of, you know, getting the ball off fast. I'd never had to do that. And then, um, you know, I just wasn't very developed. And then getting to the NFL, shoot, my first my first three games almost got cut. You know, they, they talked about drafting me. There were a lot of Jags fans pretty mad they drafted me too. So, so I had a pretty – you know, pretty heavy load on my shoulders from the standpoint of that. But the punt they drafted before me, like you said, they drafted pretty high. And I think uh, Russell Wilson was still on the board. I've been a running, a running joke forever. But that punter is actually one of the best in the league now, balling out. But um, hey, who so was they drafted that? him? But didn't work. I can't even remember who that was. Uh, Brian, Brian Anger, Brian Anger, and um, I think he went to Tampa and then then Houston. Now he's in Dallas, and he's he's one of the best to do it right now. But um, but yeah, no. So, so it didn't work out with him in Jacksonville. So whenever they drafted me, it was, you know, here we go again. You know, so I had a lot of pressure yes, there, man. and I wasn't punting very good. Yeah, I wasn't punting very good, but um, luckily, I, I guess I halfway figured it out. You know, I'm gonna get on Facebook after we get off with you, and I'm gonna go find some 2018 Facebook posts from Ben Smith just trashing the Jacksonville punter. He's in, he's, <laughs> in here, he's in here. He's in here loving up He yeah. will find nothing. He's in here loving up to you tonight. But I know this man. <laughs> I know how he is. You can, you can find some tweets. I promise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for no, sure. No, my Twitter got shut down when I accused uh, the NAI of killing uh, Don Shula when they started flag football. <laughs> you see what I mean? You don't. You don't think there's a, a Facebook <laughs> post about you punting bad in there and he's attacking the NAI on Twitter? Hey, I, 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 I'm gonna tell you what. I've uh, I've put a lot on you guys' backs, and y'all don't know, and you don't care. But I've I said last year when the season was over, I, I went ahead and said that the Jacksonville Jaguars would win the Super Bowl next year, and next year's mm-hmm. here. So, I mean, we're I, I hope you're right. I feel honored tonight. We've got a future Super Bowl champion on the show. Y'all are toast. <laughs> toast. Kiss, any shot, any shot you had. Now over with. Not me saying. No, Matt says that it's the kiss. Yeah, of Matt says that your program, the whole thing's done. No, I just like teams in football that aren't that good usually. Like Southern Miss. <laughs> Matt's a big USM fan, so we're not very good. He's uh, and he likes the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. He cursed them this year too. No lie, they did so good, and they were like, <laughs> they got to the playoffs. Matt's like, like, yeah, we're not man. Win a game. Yeah, man. So, uh, but in my defense, the Braves had one of the best seasons in the history of baseball, and they hit the bed too. So, <laughs> so in addition to your duties as a football player in the NFL, uh, you're also the father of two kids. You and Mary have two kids. Uh, one, I guess we'll still call it a newborn, being born in July, right? Yeah. How- yeah, yeah. He's, he's four, four months old. 
um, yeah, it's a blast, man. It's uh, Tate's four months old right now, and I think he's uh, he still hasn't slept in about four months. So we're battling <laughs> we're battling uh, some of that. <laughs> uh, but you know, she, his mama battles it more than I do. She's a she's a saint. But uh, Cooper, man, Cooper's uh, Cooper's he turned two in October, so he's man, he's full throttle right now. He's he's big. He's in the golf. He's in the baseball, basketball. I mean, hunting, fishing, just loves all of it. He don't he don't know about hunting and fishing. He just likes you know, pointing out deer and he's got a little toy gun. He shoots a deer in the house all the time. So well, he, uh, he's, he's going to do whatever daddy's doing. And that's it. I, I hope so. Absolutely. So. Will. um, yeah, managing two, you know, I've, I've got, I've got three kids. Matt's got two hunters, got one for me going from one kid to two kids was a huge adjustment for us going from two to three. Didn't feel like we did anything really. You know, it was like it was nothing new, but from one to two was a big adjustment. I don't know. I'm not having a third. <laughs> I'm not having a fourth. Yeah, that, that that third I've heard is uh is a lot a lot easier because you have some other ones to entertain and babysit and whatnot. But yep. one to two is tough, man. Especially when we had two under two there for a little bit. So yep. it was a uh, wild scene to cook out. Yeah, it's it's a great day when you are done wiping booties <laughs> and i'm done wiping cool. booties and i don't want to wipe them again <laughs> I, agree. I look forward to it well shoot man let's uh let's talk some let's talk some hunting and fishing you said uh before we started you said you had fish throw on the grill tonight after we got done what kind of fish are you putting on the grill uh we got a little wahoo tonight it was uh it was a pretty pretty fun quick easy trip to my buddy's house who caught him last thursday so uh i didn't have to do much for this one Nice. But uh, that's one of the perks of perks of having buddies that fish year round is I always got some fresh fish. So. Yeah, I've heard it's very good. Hunter, you're uh, yeah, it is. I haven't had it. Oh, okay. I'm surprised so, Hunter hasn't had it. All right, so Wahoo, what is that? What does that compare to that we would know about? It's a pelagic fish or something. How you say that? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, as far as looks, it looks like a kingfish, a king mackerel. I know, I don't know if y'all fish a lot out of the Gulf, but um, pretty similar. To, that that way, but meat wise, way way better. A lot, a lot of people eat it um, raw. You can eat like sashimi. You can sear it like tuna. It's it's a very much better tasting fish than a kingfish is. But okay, um, you might see one next weekend. Yeah, we're supposed to actually go. Hey, you know what? We Hunter and I've got a wedding we got to go to this weekend. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know who she's marrying, but I don't. You know. He don't. don't hunt. I'm a fan he, right now. He don't hunt. I can go ahead and tell you. Well, what the real story yeah. there is is Ben's going to be spearfishing next weekend with me for the first time. <laughs> In the Gulf? Yeah, and, uh, at VK two fifty one, thirty miles south of Orange go. Beach. Yeah, yeah. I want to find some find some who's out there. Yeah, Ben's. He's going to get eaten by a shark. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, think about this. You being over there and uh. In Jacksonville, and duck season running the same time as football season, how do you manage that? Yeah, um, so, so I actually used to uh, I used to hunt the marsh here a little bit. Uh, me and me and a couple offensive linemen, um, they're both retired now, but um, we, we used to hunt it a little bit. But it, the way the tide is here, it, the tidal change is, is like three to five feet compared to the tidal change in the Gulf. It's, it's you know, I don't know exactly, but it's maybe one to two feet or less than a foot sometimes. So when the tide, when the tide's low here, I mean, a lot of those backwater creeks 
and stuff, or I mean, just straight mud. So it's it's very tide dependent. Obviously, the low tide, you know, first thing in the morning or last last thing in the evening, then then you're kind of out of luck, you know. Um, the most of the ducks we used to shoot here would, would be uh, a lot of. It's kind of funny that, that they would hang out on these golf courses, all these real nice high floaty golf courses, and during the day, and they'd come roost. Um, in the marsh, and it sounds like they're pet ducks, but but they're really not because they, they're not here till you know that. I think Thanksgiving we have a little split down here because we cut a limit actually on Thanksgiving Day one time, and then it kind of opens up later. But but they actually come down. I guess the, there's the eastern flyway. I'm not real familiar with it, but uh, we shoot yeah. we, we shoot a few uh, a few model ducks, a few mallards, wood duck here and there. Um, there's some teal around. Uh, so, so so we have we have fun in the marsh. Um, but it's tough. It's one of those things that before, you know, legal shooting lights over, you, you have a, a fifth of what's actually going to come in the, you know, into the little hole you're in. Um, so it's kind of, you know, it's kind of more heartbreaking sitting there watching all the ducks come in there knowing you can't, you can't shoot them. But, um, we've shot a few there. Uh, then I have a little couple hundred acres north of here, about an hour that we have a little, uh, this guy that actually just lets me hunt his land. Uh, he's kind of a Jags fan, but, um, not really just a, uh, a buddy knew him and um, kind of put us in touch with each other. And so I get a deer hunt out there. I usually kill a turkey out there every year. And um, and he has a little slough, so we shoot a few wood ducks on it. But, um, you know, as long, I mean, I feel like I have the best job in the world because I have all, all spring off. So as long as I have, you know, March through May, I ain't complaining. Well, that's what I was about to say. You, you're more into turkey hunting than you are anything else, right? Yeah, I mean, I shoot deer and ducks because I can't shoot a turkey in the fall. Or at least I don't want to hunt them that way, you know. <laughs> right. So do you come back? Do you come back to Mississippi and do most of your turkey hunting, or do you still try to do it over there? I'm guessing if you got a place an hour or so north of you, it's going to be in Georgia. So, I mean, where do you do most of your turkey hunting from now? Yeah, so actually, uh, the way our schedule works, the OTA starts mid-April, roughly like April. It's usually around April 15th every year. So that's it's all voluntary, but pretty much if if you know. I guess if you're not holding out for a contract, everyone's here working out. It's kind of a fun time. You know, we pretty much work like 8 to 11, so it's not really a, a grind just to work out in a, a meeting or something. But um, so obviously I get a hunt opening day in Mississippi, March 15th. And we bought a farm back home a couple of years ago um, over there around Jackson area. And uh, so, so we, we put a little trailer on it and we have a trailer and a big porch to drink coffee on there and so, so we we spent opening day and you know the first part of the mississippi season there and then eventually we we migrate our way back over here come mid-april and, and the place i have north of here is actually it's actually in florida but it's on i mean it's right on the line okay and uh and i actually have a place a, a deer hunter that uh i met down here a fishing buddy really and um He's a big deer hunter, don't turkey hunt, and he has a couple thousand acres in South Carolina. So I get to slide up there and turkey hunt that. He's pretty much the only only turkey hunter that steps foot on that. So uh, that's that's kind of a hidden gem for us too. So turkeys in South Carolina would that be the eastern? I would think. Or would it yeah. be eastern? You ever hunt yeah. Osceola's in Florida? Yeah. So the, the, the Osceola line is pretty much um, again. This is this is I guess the way the rule book is. Is the peninsula kind of starts to come down? Um, the uh, if you pretty much if you go from Jacksonville straight across, I guess that'd be you know Tampa way, uh, just straight west. Yeah. Every that's pretty much the Osceola line from a standpoint of if you're going to have a, an actual Grand Slam Osceola. Um, but I'm telling you, we've killed turkeys an hour south of here in St. Augustine on the same potato farm. Me and my wife 
she killed one weighed, you know, had a 12 inch beard, big old hook, you know, inch and quarter spurs and probably weighed 12 pounds. And then I killed a turkey on the same farm that probably weighed close to 16 pounds. So it's, it's, it's kind of, you get, you get that hybrid both ways. You know, you, you, they say you go cut two, two hours north and south of the line, you'll get, you'll get kind of a mix of both. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of jaded. I think all the way through the north part of Florida, you'll find some Osceola's. What's harder to kill, Eastern or Osceola? Shoot, I mean, they, they both have their day. I mean, I've killed, I used to kill Easterns when I was 12, 11 years old, walking around with a mouth cough sounding like a dog, you know? So I, Dang, there, there's certain days where, where they're all hard, you know? But, uh, I would say Osceola is just because where you hunt them, right? I mean, right. Mississippi, a lot of, at least my, my farm there, is a lot of pine sand, a lot of roads, a lot of small food plots, and, and most of the pines are kind of either a year-old burn or a new burn, and it, it's pretty easy, easy maneuverable, I guess, around there. But down here, man, you get in some of these cypress swamps and these palmetto thickets, and it's, buddy, it's tough. I, I actually had one. Um, I, I killed a, a good bit of turkeys just across the country. Uh, two years ago and um, kind of got to travel a little bit and I was here at this, this place just north of here um, that little 200 acres and, and it rained a lot so there was you know there was a lot of sand and water back in the swamp and, and most of the property is, is uh, cypress swamp and, and palmetto thickets but everything pretty much every part of woods on this place had water in it and uh, but I went back there and I really wasn't sure if I was going to hear anything and I actually heard a bird roosted over the slough and it pitched down on a small piece of dry land, kind of the back of the field. And so I got to the field, and I, I was trying to video it that morning just because I'd killed a few, so, you know, just kind of add a little challenge to it. And um, uh, I, I think I just had a GoPro mounted on my gun because I ended up crawling up to the back of the field, and this turkey was standing, and I videoed it um, on my GoPro for proof, but this turkey was standing in about six or seven inches of water, just gobbling his brains out. And... I was sitting in water with him, but he, he, this turkey got to probably, I mean, I don't know, 10 to 12 steps, but he was right behind a palmetto bush. And every time he would, you know, I guess usually scratch, you know, scratching the leaves. A lot of times when birds get close, get some real interested. But I guess whenever I would move around, make a noise in this water, it sounded like a hen walking in the water. And so this joker was drumming and gobbling over and over and over. But I could see him. He, every time he'd gobble, his head would stick out behind this big old, uh, palmetto leaf, palm palm, whatever it is. Yeah. And I almost tried to time it up to where I could shoot him when he gobbled, but, but I didn't do it. But, um, man, it, it, it's tough. You get in situations like that down here, it's, it's near about impossible to kill him. Well, if it's impossible for you to kill one down there, just about, uh, I don't even need to venture into the state of Florida because I can't kill one in Mississippi. <laughs> oh, man, it, there's a dumb one everywhere, I promise. Nah, <laughs> you don't really know Ben that well. Uh, no, nah. I ain't found him yet. So while y'all were talking, I was looking up, you know, what turkey hunters say, and some say Los Hills, some say the Eastern, but everyone agrees on this. I, I was reading multiple threads where people are like, "Where's the toughest place to kill a bird?" In Alabama and Mississippi, top right the list. Top. Yeah, really, it just that just doesn't depend on who they just say it's hard because they're hunted hard. Well, I was gonna say it's got to be like uh, public land stuff where you so much pressure on birds. Yeah, public land. Um, what about deer hunting, man? Do you get to do you get? I mean, I know you said you get to go up to Carolina and do it, and and right there north of Jacksonville. How much how much time do you actually get to devote to hunting like during deer season with what you got going on? Yeah, I mean, there's a. Uh... 
you know, I actually do get to hunt that, that farm in South Carolina. I usually go about once a year. It's just a good, you know, the way our schedule works is we get, you know, Monday we're in early, early in the morning, you know, eight, by eight o'clock and, and we do, uh, you know, have a couple of meetings, reviewing film and get a workout in and we're pretty much done by lunch. So there's been some, uh, definitely been several days where I've, you know, packed my bags and headed north for, for Monday night and hunt all day Tuesday and come back. Cause the place I go is it's only right two, two and a half hours, roughly, if yeah. there's no traffic. So it's, just a little hop and a skip up there, but um, and then we get Tuesday off, so I get to hunt there some. But it's I used to do that a good bit, and um, but now with two kids, it's you okay. know it's hard to put all that on my wife because yeah. I, I, I'm pretty much busy. You know, honestly, seven days out of the week once it gets to the back half of the season, trying to take care of everybody and do all that treatment stuff. But uh, you know, so the days I have off now, I guess my more mature side is kind of <laughs> wants to hang out with the fam and, and do that, but. Don't worry, I'll, I'll get up to South Carolina at some point once a year. <laughs> See, you you and I have the opposite seasons with baseball and football because uh, you you uh, you have to figure out and plan and do everything you can, move heaven and earth to get to go deer hunting. And you've got turkey season where you know you've got more time on your hands. Well, for me, this is my downtime, so right. I'm able to you know deer hunt. But once turkey season gets here. Uh, finding the time to get in the woods is really hard. Um, and, and usually I only get maybe two or three hunts a year in, you know, for, for turkeys. So so that's my disclaimer on why I don't kill any birds. Yeah, that sounds like a good excuse. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> yeah, he's just a um, real bad turkey hunter. <laughs> <laughs> but now the, the deer hunting, my, my wife loves deer hunting. She, she grew up in makes makes sense i guess but she grew up in uh benton right there around yeah city so she okay you know she grew up hunting those hunting those big black deer and um i grew up in south mississippi hunting some deer that grew up on a cattle farm you know so that's kind of two different sides of it but uh she loves to bow hunt and uh, so, so used to whenever you know our team wasn't in the playoffs i was pretty much done first of january so we got we would have all january to go home and, and get you know get our fix on sitting in a deer stand and, and shooting ducks but uh but now it's kind of you know january is pretty much out the way we've been playing so i'm hoping hope i don't get a deer hunt for a few more years look man i hope you don't ever get to deer hunt again <laughs> ever mm-hmm. uh and that you just you just gave us the perfect segue into talking about the jacksonville jaguars um i know you and i've discussed this a couple times and and everybody here knows i'm a huge jaguars fan have been uh, we actually lived in Jacksonville when they started the team there. And uh, so I got a good taste of that when I was a kid. And it's amazing the turnaround you guys have had in the last couple of years. It's been a whole lot of fun for me to watch. I know it hadn't been fun for Hunter to watch. Uh, but, what I mean, what do you attribute that to? I mean, I know there's been some coaching changes, um, some moves the front office has made. But I mean, what's it? What else? What 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 goes on with that kind of stuff that we don't see? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think when you get to this level, it's it's not as much uh, the way that a head coach coaches, but more or less the way he manages. Uh, and I think that's something that you know, when I first got here, we had a, uh, a head coach who was who was a very personable. Like you, you could have conversations with him, but it just you know. So something wasn't there, right? Great guy. And then you have, uh, obviously, the other coaching change we had. 
Um, and that was kind of a, a dumpster fire situation, um, kind of out of our hands, you know. Um, but but now, honestly, with shoot the way the way Coach Peterson runs the show, man, it, 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 he's kind of a mediator uh, between, I guess, all the all the negatives that could go on in the locker room. He's he's kind of like a father figure almost. He's a he's a Christian man. He's a he's a big hunter. So uh, you know, I put a little bit on on that. But um, no, man, it's just and we honestly. From the past, I guess from two years ago, we don't we don't have a ton a, a ton of new faces in, in the locker room, but uh, you know I think I think we had talent before. It's just kind of the way you use the talent. And obviously, Trevor Trevor's kind of settling into who he is as a quarterback, as a leader, and all that. And, um, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Uh, you know, I've, I've been here through through a lot of the a lot of the bad days too, but um, to be able to see kind of the the one eighty we made, um, I guess it's really true. Really a lot of it's on Coach Coach Peterson's shoulders. You know, the way he's doing it. Yeah, well, it's uh, whatever you guys are doing different. It's a whole lot of fun to watch now. Um, I know uh, coming into the show, one of the best records in the NFL. Uh, when you guys are clicking, it's good. It's fun to watch. And, hey, and, and all right, tell me this. Now, growing up around here, did you grow up a Saints fan by any chance? Or can can you even say that publicly if you did? Oh, I, I would tell you for sure, but I honestly didn't uh... – I didn't watch any NFL ball growing up. I, I really wasn't a – I mean, I, I watched college ball for sure, but I wasn't like a diehard or anything fan. Right. Um, I think until my junior year uh, of high school, maybe sophomore year, I went to Mississippi State game. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even say fell in love with Mississippi State, but I just kind of started becoming a fan of Mississippi State. And uh, I just enjoyed the campus, enjoyed the people up there, and had some friends up there. Uh, so, so, yeah, so my dream was to play in the SEC, and I got to do that. And whenever we played our last bowl game, uh, my senior year was actually, ironically, here in Jacksonville, we played uh, the Tax Player Bowl. And when we left here, I remember telling my dad that, you know, I was done, you know, enjoyed it. That was, I played my dream, you know. And he wasn't forcing me to try to play in the NFL, but he was definitely like, look, dog, once the store closes, it's, it's, it's over, right? Like, you can't, you can't two years later go say you want to play and then try it. So, uh, so I said, all right, well, I'll give it one year. And what happens a lot of times, specialists, kickers, punters, snappers, um, it, it takes a couple years to get your foot in the door because there's 32 of us, right? So there's 32 punters, and every season there might be five to six guy, teams actually wanting to replace their guy, you know? So so it's not like there's a lot of opportunities. Um, so I said I'll give it one year and ended up getting drafted. So it was pretty cool. But, no, I, I really wasn't a big fan of anybody, you know, well, the reason I was asking because getting to watch you guys beat the Saints in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago was one of the greatest things that have happened to me in a long time around here. Because <laughs> I got I got bragging rights for a while now, and I'm really enjoying it. So there you go. I'm, a, I'm appreciative of that. Um, you know, you, you're talking about how you went up to Mississippi State and you enjoyed the campus and the people up there. Uh, why wouldn't you? Because uh, it's a bunch of outdoorsmen in Starkville. It's not like those uh, folks over in Oxford, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely way better in Oxford. But. <laughs> I got a question. Hunter, Hunter's an Ole Miss fan. It's not even like that. You play for the Jaguars, not for the Bulldogs. I have no problem with you. Um, <clears throat> I do have one question on behalf of America. <laughs> That's quite of an on behalf of. Well, it's uh, on half of American 
uh, college football enjoyers. Okay. Okay. In 2014, there was an egg bowl played. Okay. That's not important. The outcome's not important. Whatever. I don't even know who won it that year. Ole Miss won it. Not important. You made me say that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, not important. You made me say that. That was Matt, Southern Miss guy, stirring the pot. What we all want to know is, did Dak poop in his pants in that game? Yes or no? (laughs) Yeah. you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, I, though? I don't think that ever happened. Okay. That's all I need to know. I have never heard that. I've never heard anything life. about – Logan, we should have vetted him before we let him ask that. I've never heard anything. I, 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 you, that's honestly that – is, that is out of left field. I, I do know one thing that happened. I'll send you a video. If he, but one thing that uh, did happen, and a lot of people probably don't know, is um, – so obviously we lose um, – what happened, I think it was a week before we played Bama. And it was pretty much, you know, I think it was game day. We were two. They were like three or four or something. And uh, whoever won, won the West and won that championship, whatever. And uh, so we lost that game on, like, the last play. And uh, so going to the Egg Bowl uh, this, this might make you feel a little better or worse. But we were kind of – it was kind of, like, over, right? Like, we, everyone was like, you know, not that we didn't care about the Egg Bowl. Everyone cares, but it was – we were all pretty beat up that, you know, we, we had this chance. And we understand that Mississippi State is not going to have many opportunities to go to the National Championship or even the SEC Championship. So that was like uh, our Logan, moment. Logan right? Hunter's in that spot right now. Yeah, that's, I'm living there He's right living now. It. Georgia just literally, <laughs> literally right now I'm living yeah. this. They're going to win 10 games and go to the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, but, yeah, so pretty much everyone's down. Then we go there and I, we played it up there in Oxford and we got beat. And uh, we left there. Everyone's just right there over it, right, ready to get home. And uh, we have a four-bus pileup leaving the leaving the stadium that night. We, we were getting on the on-ramp, and I think I was on bus bus two, maybe. And uh, we're getting on the, you know, on the interstate, on the on-ramp. And uh, a car, like, you know, these buses, we've got a police escort. We're going way too fast. And the first bus, we just see, you know, brake lights, right, lock up. That bus starts kind of sliding. Well, then our second bus, start sliding as well and we get almost about to run into the back i think a car actually pull out in front of the, the first bus which made a slam on brakes so then we we almost hit the first bus and we kind of come to a stop and everybody's like holy smokes and then wham we got smoked in the back and um well then when we got hit from the third bus the fourth bus comes flying by from the median and all we see is the roof of it so it's like leaned on its right side going I mean, it was an absolute cluster, and we ended up having to sit there for about two hours and wait on the bus. It was, Holy it was the whole we thing. We are Marshall, leaving Oxford, dude. <laughs> yeah, was yeah anybody, it, was, it was tough. Was anybody hurt? I, I think – I know that a driver – maybe it was the driver of bus three that hit us, uh, had a broken leg or something, but it was – I just remember Nick James hollering in the back of our bus because he, he was leaned up against the back wall whenever it hit, it hit, it hit our bus, and, you know, he was, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but – uh it was uh, it was definitely a a terrible night for us, you know. Long thing, got in a full bus pileup. You know, it's amazing. We talk about this all the time over over here at the school. Is uh, all the sports you know that we have, and we're sending them on the road all the time in these buses, and how we've been fortunate through the years. To as far as I know, we've only had one incident where there was a wreck with a bus, and and that happened to our women's basketball team a couple of years ago. But it's amazing the amount of miles that, you know, in college athletic programs that these athletes are logging on these buses without, you know, without having more accidents than what we have. So that's, 
That's incredible how that happened. Um, I do have one one more kind of like college question for you uh, because I like to ask everybody this. What are your thoughts on NIL? Yeah. Um, so I guess I have a couple sides. One side is athletes should be paid something, right? I mean, we, we make millions for these universities, especially baseball, football programs. Um, and, and this isn't a knock on other sports. It's just, it's just fact, right? right. And um, so the income and revenue you make for these schools, there, there's got to be something given back. And I think uh, – so whenever I was there, we, we did get a check each month. It wasn't nothing. I mean, it was I paid rent and had you know a couple hundred bucks left in the month to, to spend. But it was uh, it was definitely something for us. You know, kind of paid us back a little bit and gave us a little spending money, uh, dinner money throughout the week. Um, but it, it's gotten out of hand, right? The, the way they opened it, I feel like the way they started, they just started with no limitations and just opened a can of worms that I don't think they can get back. To I don't, be honest. I don't think it. I don't think it's sustainable at the current level, the way it's done. Yeah. Um, you're gonna have to walk it back somehow. But I don't know how you get it. I don't know how you do that now. Uh, it, as open as it is, I mean, we've got, you know, and, and I'm all for for the NIL stuff. I, I think that you know, compensating players is, is fine to a degree. Um, but we're talking about college players walking around making millions of dollars a year right now. Now, there's not a lot of them making that, but there's a few. <clears throat> I struggle with this subject. Yeah, well, look, here's here's one of the problems. If you are going to legislate it or whatever, and you're going to – Well, first gonna, off, you, who, you, who, legis- who will legislate uh, it? Well, the like, United States, the government will legislate it. Yeah, <laughs> that's who will legislate it. But if everybody's like, okay, we need salary caps, because you don't want Texas A&M with a $100 million budget and Vanderbilt with a $22,000 budget. That's not fair, right? Right. Okay. So you say, oh, you want a salary cap. Well, then guess what the college football players become? Employees of the school. Right. Which is a whole nother can of worm. Right. That you have to know. So what do you do? Well, I think, like, I don't know the, the – and it's always been this way to some extent, I think, that especially college football. Think about this, Logan. All right, Texas A&M – uh, this is the elephant in the room. I'm sorry to cut you off. I got to jump in here. Jump in. We're talking about like limiting how much they can make when we're paying a guy $76 million to That's never coach said. another dang play in his life. Yeah. Like, it's so wrong that the money made to pay Jimbo Fisher is being made by everyone on that field. But the person they're not happy with is Jimbo Fisher. Right. And he reaps the benefit of it. Right. I am yep. an advocate for the student athlete. I believe that they should be considered employees, just like anybody else uh, is. And I, it's I can't, I don't even know how we can have a conversation about it. And if then, you're paying a guy seventy six million dollars well, for going like a, I mean, he went like twenty seven and twenty two in the SEC. Logan, I'd like to get your <laughs> thoughts on this too. Being being a former SEC player, when a school like Texas A and M can fire a guy and giving him what do you, what do you say 76 million 76 million dollars okay how does mississippi state compete with that they don't you, you can't. Know? yeah you can yeah and, and that's and, and i agree that uh you know that obviously they're paying all these head coaches well, i guess not everyone but the people who have it they're paying a lot of these head coaches so much money and i'm again i'm not saying athletes shouldn't be paid i think i think they've earned the right to be paid, right? I, I think what we got was a little less than what we should, should because I still remember 
you know, my dad popped me a 20 every now and then at the end of the month um, right. to go to Harvey's. But, but like, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I think the way they did it, right, with, with, with no stipulations, there was no, I feel like there was no boundaries at all, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then, I mean, you, you, I feel like you don't have any more of these cool, like, Burlesworth stories, right? You know what I mean? It's cool walk-ons that, like, Ben Beckwith, right, that goes to Mississippi State, battles for a couple of years and becomes a starter and, and becomes a guy. And it's, you don't see any of that anymore because there's no, like, players aren't sticking around. The transfer portal's out of hand. It's all just, and it, it, as an old player, and this isn't because I didn't have, <laughs> I wasn't getting paid a lot when I was there, but. I got paid even from, less than you did, so. <laughs> there you go. But, but just my, my, go ahead, Logan. my experience is just like, uh, I just don't like the way college, the direction college football set is, you know, college sports in general, but especially college football. I agree. I'm with Logan. I think that something needs to be done, but you can't even really, with a straight face, have the conversation. Right. When you're paying people $76 million to not, not to coach. coach. Right. And it's like, well, you have a problem with that kid making hundred grand who had 14 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown? Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that, that's, you got to address it on that level. And I guess what I'm getting at is, and I don't know how they do it, but why don't they hire coaches as employees? They're all like 1099 contracts. I don't know. Like if a professor, you know, let's say a non-tenured professor, no unions involved or anything, were to get fired – well, there's not five years left on his contract. They got to pay him. That's right. He's out. He's out. Yeah. I wish that, and I don't know how they could do this. The NCAA would say, like, well, use Ole Miss as an example. They're paying Lane Kiffin nine million. Okay, he's a nine million dollar employee. Right. You pay him nine million dollars a year, and when if he does terrible and you fire him, he gets nothing. He gets nothing. Right. Like, I, I don't understand why the coaches <laughs> like whoever. Well, we know who gave Jimbo that long contract. That was a terrible idea. Oh, uh, yeah. Ross. Well, one of the things about for the for the common fan like me, maybe I'm a little. Well, I'm not common because I'm talking about Dak pooping his pants and all. <laughs> but um, like well, the things that you miss, like when you watch the teams for years and you know the players and you like the players, you you watch them from like you were saying, who is a guy who is a, a no star who grinds for four years and then you know gets drafted stuff like that. Like I remember. The um like when Hugh Freeze first got there, and they were that was just an, it was a talented team, but they were terrible because Ed Orderon had drove driven it into the, the freaking ground. I don't know, about but that. But, uh, <laughs> but then you then you watch people like C.J. Johnson winning a Peach Bowl and crying on the field. You know, like that doesn't happen anymore because it's free agency now. You All know, right. you need a player, you go buy a player. There's no more growing up. I say growing up like I'm a child. I act like one, but you know you don't get to watch the the rise. You know what I mean? Well, I, a, a player become something great or whatever, and follow that journey. Still, still being in college athletics, I can tell all you guys right now. Um, I hate the portal in its current state. Yeah. I can't hate it. I didn't even know there was restrictions on it until I was reading today that Shadur cannot transfer again. Right. That's the. Uh, I thought. Yeah. It, I mean, it's kind of wide open, but it's not quite wide open. So, like Dion, if he took a job, Shadur had another year of eligibility. He ain't coming. Right. He can't. Hey, He's had too many transfers. Logan, what do you think about Coach Prime to Stark Vegas? Can't afford him. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big Prime fan. I'm a big fan just because everyone kind of hates him. You know, uh, uh, it's funny everyone's on your on your side and on your bandwagon. See. 
lose a game or two, and then they're talk talk about how you're washed. But um, no, I like him. I, I I wouldn't mind it. I would not mind it. People in Mississippi like him. I like Prime Man. Oh. I think he's done a great job in Colorado. Look, I, I got to interrupt more time because when you have a thought and you're trying to explain it, it and it hits you, you got to get it out. So we were just talking about <laughs> the NIL and the coaches. So here's what I think it, it, we're we're setting ourselves up for. Let's say the NCAA says NIL is now going to be where a player can't make over a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to happen in the future is it's coming. It just hasn't happened yet. Is they're going to start signing these kids out of high school to four year NIL deals? Right, and then when they do something where they're not good enough to play, or they just quit, or you know what I'm saying, right? They're going to want the rest of their money, and then all the fans will be like these sorry athletes. But the response to that is, you do it with every single coach right. you hire that's in charge of that young man or right. young lady. If we're talking about softball, that's why I think that if we get a handle on it, that's fine. But you got to do something about the coaches, where there's no penalty to a coach at all to ever leave. And I know some people are like, well, he's in his career. I mean, Logan Cook, no, you were in your career when you were a senior. You know what I mean? Like, you, you were setting yourself up for the rest of your life. You know what else <laughs> is going to happen? A lot of these sports like women's softball, uh, swimming or whatever, or they're soccer. Gonna make, they're they're going to make them pay. That, well, no, those are going to become club sports. Yeah, it could happen. Those are going to become club sports because, look, nobody, nobody's watching that. Nobody's well, going uh, to those. Nobody watches. Nobody's that. watching. Look, I'm a big golfer. Nobody watches college golf. Nobody watches it's college golf. Slippery <laughs> slope with NIL and the portal the way it is in its current state, but I think it could be, it could be changed and it could be beneficial for everybody. But it could. It's, it's I think a it's long just ways it's away. handled very poorly. Right. That's what I think we all agree with. Logan, who's next up on the schedule for the Jaguars? Well, we got the Titans Sunday. Here in Jacksonville, so that's a big one. Need so that one. Got to buy a week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Titans ain't that bad. Man, look, look, look. There, there's. I learned real quick in this league. There's no bye weeks. No, everyone's good. Hey, yeah. I'll give I'll give Pats NFL aren't. credit. They have more parity in the NFL, in my opinion, than pretty much. Well, because the league's other. designed for it to have parity. Yeah, I know. Like MLB, mm-hmm. you can't because nobody will ever agree to a salary cap. And so they're like, well, get who you want. I'll just go buy everybody. Well, I don't want parity in the NFL. I want no, the Jaguars to no, be – No, you, you, you want parity if you're – yeah, what do you want? <laughs> you want you want the Cowboys to have unlimited do you know why salary cap space? Uh, do you know why uh, I rooted for Ole Miss Saturday as much as I hate them? For well, parity. If I have to listen to Kirby Smart or Nick Saban again – you know, <laughs> it, it, every year before the schedule comes out, we're all like Georgia Bama SEC yeah. championship, and I get so tired of it. I want a Vandy Missouri one one year. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> or no, Missouri's not west, are they? No, those are both east teams. Okay, Arkansas, Arkansas Vandy. Well, Logan, I know you got to put fish on the grill, man. Um, appreciate you calling in and hanging out with us for a minute. Um, best wishes uh, with the Titans this Sunday, and. Uh, after you win the Super Bowl, do do me a favor and promise me after you win the Super Bowl this year we'll do this again. Hey, remember what I said hey, about remember what I said about Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I got you. <laughs> take care of that for me, dog. We'll see. Logan, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. It doesn't matter whether you own your own business or work for someone else. You're going to need office supplies, printing, and office furniture. We all use them every day, so why not use a local family-owned business right here in the Pine Belt? Commercial Stationery Company offers great customer service, free next-day delivery, and free installation on furniture. Call Wayne and Daniel Ross at 601-582-4311 or go by there and see them yourself at 723 Scuba Street, located in Hattiesburg. 
Hunting season is here, so why are you still loading your four-wheeler in the back of your truck? Head on over to Bill's Collision Center and Trailer Sales in Columbia, Mississippi. They've got a trailer for all of your hauling needs, including trailers for four-wheelers, side-by-sides, and tractors. Gooseneck trailers and dump trailers are also available. And in the event that you kill a deer with your truck rather than your rifle, they can take care of that too. Check them out on Facebook at Bill's Collision Center and Trailer Sales, or give them a call at 601-736-3219. Welcome back <laughs> to the Pinstripes Camo Podcast. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about now. I can talk about the youth hunt this weekend. Yeah, your son <laughs> killed a deer. So, yeah. no. Hey, Logan was great, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he was good. And uh, go Jaguars, man. Anyways. What's the Patriots record? Nothing. It's not good. It's like two and six, something like that. We're, we're buying for that number one spot, baby. Before I talk about <laughs> the deer hunt, I will say, though, that I wonder if O'Brien's going to be a candidate for A&M. Billy O? He's, he's, man, he's a well-known offensive mind. Who knows? They ran him out of Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Um. All right, so got to take the kids hunting this weekend. Youth weekend opened in Mississippi like the fourth or something. I think it was the fourth. Yeah. Didn't get to go the first hey, weekend. Well, go ahead. on that. There's two weekends now, basically, yeah, for there's youth. Two. two weeks. I had no idea. Because you can hunt in the week, too. Yeah. 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 Um. So you got that. And so I take my 11-year-old, who will be 12 in the morning, Neil hunting, and I take my 6-year-old, Connor. Connor's never really been on a, a real deer hunt. I mean, he's been on a hunt, but he's never had a gun with him. Neil has hunted many a times. He's killed a few deer. So we have to split up. Mom says, no way. My wife, Shelly, says there's no way I'm sitting with Connor. I, I don't know enough about what I'm doing. And with Neil, I can kind of let it go. He, can just, he knows. So we go. Uh, I sit with a six-year-old. You can imagine what that entailed. We had, like, <laughs> chili cheese Fritos. Like, it was so loud in the shooting house, I had all the windows shut. Did y'all take an iPad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what'd y'all watch? I don't know what he watched. <laughs> I watched the field. <laughs> he had, had, like, headset on or whatever? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's pretty good with it. He didn't, you know, make too much noise. But anyway, right before dark. Uh, three does come out, 40 yards broadside. He has shot the 223 a number of times. I think I mentioned last week. He's not the most accurate. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting there. He's not afraid of it. That's what's awesome. He will get up in my lap and pull that trigger. Yeah. I don't aim anything. My rule is you can't shoot a deer till the gun can be resting on a shooting house window, and I'm not touching the gun. Right. And you're holding the rest of it and shooting. Now, I do put the safety off for him at that right. age. So, anyway, he shoots. <laughs> She looked at me and then turned around and ran off right where she came from. <laughs> and he was like, did I hit it? And I was like, eh, I'm pretty sure you didn't. <laughs> so I got down and looked, and just as I suspected, I don't know where that landed, but it was not at the deer. I'm walking back to the ranger. I do not hear a shot, but I get a text that said, that was Neil. It's a buck. So real quick rundown. The place Neil was hunting had two bucks on camera, one that's on there a good bit. He's about 130-inch deer. And then it had this eight point that was probably 115, 120 inch deer, probably 115. And uh, Shelly was not looking at the deer. She was packing up when he saw it and she couldn't see it without making big movements. So she said, what is it? And he said, it's the buck. And she said, we only get two in our camp. You better be sure your dad's be mad. So he knows he had to shoot a good one because backstory real quick, Neil's killed a 10 point, so we're not shooting four points. Right. Yeah, he's a seasoned hunter at this point. I mean, like, you got to shoot something with a rack on it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, now, Connor, if it was brown, it was down. We were going to shoot <laughs> it. Uh, so, I get over there. 
after Neil makes his shot, he tells Shelly he hit it. And the first thing I said was, where was he? He said, he was standing right here. And I said, all right, which direction do you run? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you don't know? It's raining, dude. <laughs> like the blood trail's getting soaked right now. He was like, I don't know, Dad. I shot and I looked back through the 270. He was gone. Well, I have been trying to train my duck dog. Train's a loose word. Anytime I've shot a deer this year, I've brought my duck dog out and turned him loose. And two out of three, he's found the deer. Even if I know where the deer's at, I turn him loose and see if he'll find it. Um, So I'm not putting him like Mississippi Blood Trailer Network level. I'm just trying to get him going. He hops out of the ranger. I didn't want him to in case I had to call a real dog. And he runs about 40 yards in the woods, and I see him running, so I call him back. He comes back, gets back in the ranger. I told Shell, I said, I'm going to walk where he ran just to look, because they have no idea where this deer entered the woods. Took a few steps in, there's the blood. He ran all the way to the deer. The deer was 30, 40 yards in there. Nice. So we find it. It's the it was we call it the big eight, but it was big to Neil. Um, no, I saw the picture. It's a great buck. I mean, it's a good deer. Yeah. Um, he was very happy. He made a great shot. Uh, I'm glad uh, that it didn't go far because it was raining, and I was like, "This is gonna be bad if y'all are yeah. expecting me to find your deer and you can't tell me which direction he ran, <laughs> and it's raining." <laughs> but it it worked out. Uh, very little deer movement the rest of the weekend. Uh, we you know had a four point come in, a coyote stuff like that. Wasn't a lot, but we had a great time. Just any pigs? Oh, yeah. We did see pigs. Funny story. Yesterday, kids weren't seeing much. I said, let's go ride the property. We had about 30 hogs across the road in front of us. And I went and put it, let them out by the boat ramp on that huge field. And I All said, right. they're going to cross this field. I said, they can't go any further south unless they swim. We just scared them on the other, the east side. They're, gonna come, they're coming west. Both boys are out there. One of them had an AR. One of them had an AR like 22. Yeah. So they had a two two three and a twenty two. Here come the hogs. About thirty of them crossing the field. They shot. It sounded like Normandy. <laughs> I don't think they hit a single pig, but it was so much fun. They and they loved it. So but That's yeah, good. we still had hogs. We got a few ducks on the property. You know, it's nothing crazy. Um, but it was a good weekend. Kids are really tired. I, you know, it was a good weekend when the kindergarten teach kindergarten. See, first grade. Sorry, Connor's in first. First grade teacher texted us this morning and said, Connor's been excellent, <laughs> but we were going to tell you that we're at recess and Connor's at his table because he's asleep. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, he had a long weekend, man. <laughs> so, well, it's uh, it's going to be a big week, big two weeks for Ben. Two weeks? Yeah. Because okay. this weekend you're going to get in the water at Orange Beach. That's the plan. Do you have a wetsuit? Has he got one for you? I don't have one for him. He doesn't have one, so time to uh, be a man. Where do you purchase a wetsuit? Amazon. How, first, right. you go to the bank and you get a line of credit. <laughs> then I don't know how much wetsuits are. You can a get a you can get a cheap wetsuit for seventy five dollars. Oh, okay. Really? A cheap one. It's not going to be. What is yours? How much is mine? Yeah, I'm just curious. Three hundred dollars. That's not as bad as I thought it'd be. Do they yeah, have like I mean, three dollars? Three ones? four. I mean, there are some that like. Are made by Japanese companies that are like, so they got six, seven Sitka wetsuits. Yeah, <laughs> six, seven hundred dollars. I mean, I wish Sitka would make one. I'd buy one. <laughs> Why don't I just wear your wetsuit? Well, because <laughs> don't you say it. <laughs> He's gonna say you won't fit. Uh, you know, uh, but it's anyways, <laughs> you're uh, you're gonna get in the water. And you're gonna shoot at a fish. Snapper, red snapper, right? They are in season, yeah. Oh, they are? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. And then the following week, Ben is going to take me to his camp and turn me loose. With a long-range gun. 
with the long with the boom the long stick. I'm yep. I'm going to take him to some land and turn him loose. It's awesome. So. I don't care whose land it is, dude. <laughs> uh, There's a day we think she's pregnant, and I'm gonna try and kill it. <laughs> it's probably a tumor. I think the deer was pregnant. We hadn't talked about that, have we? I've talked in a text group with you, but that, like that, we haven't that talked that on the show April, about that. That mid-April conception date would be wild. I know. All right, so I and for anybody listening, uh, a while back, or not even a while back, a week or so ago, um, I posted a picture or uh, on our Instagram of a doe that appears to be pregnant. Um, I've had a lot of different responses from it. One of them being that overpopulation can sometimes cause this. Oh, um, about that. so while my thoughts were for a deer to be pregnant right now, um, it would have had to have been bred and it was like mid April is what I dated it back to like maybe second week of April. Right. Um, and while I thought that was just impossible, apparently it's not. Um, because if you've got too many does or something and they don't get bred, and, and if there's a wildlife biologist listening to this or whatever, you can call me out on it. But this is what I was told, what I read. They can just keep going into cycle until they are for for a while, apparently. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as far-fetched as I thought. Um, and I did see a fawn. Uh, I took pictures of that, too. I don't think I sent that to you that, that still had spots. Uh, the same the same week I was up there, so that one couldn't have been born, you know, too terribly long ago either. I'm about to look up how long they keep their spots because I don't know. Yeah, that, that would be a good thing to know. But it, you know, I had two yearlings in front of me. One of them didn't have spots. One of them did, um, and the one that had spots was substantially smaller than the one that didn't. Three to four months old is their first molt, and that's when they lose their spots. Okay. Regardless of pattern, it says. Okay. Well. Uh, whatever spots, no spots, doesn't matter. Eats the same, huh? Actually, eats considerably better. I had a guy one time that said deer's got gravy in his tracks. Well, look, man, uh, I'm just excited to possibly be able to eat the fetus of a white-tailed deer if it is pregnant. I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really hoping that those drop that deer by the time we go up there. Me so, too. Um, wait on. Are you eating it? Are you eating what's inside her no matter what? Watch it be like a tumor. No, if it's a tumor, I'm obviously not going to eat a cancerous tumor inside of a deer. But if I'm skinning that deer and a baby deer comes out, I'm going to eat the baby deer, dude. You've got to. We just got kicked off Apple Play or whatever. We're no, on. it's not. And look, 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 look. It's no different than me eating the heart or something. You know? That's fair. I'll eat the heart of the little one, too. Whatever. <laughs> I eat the heart of every deer I kill. What's the difference? I don't know. I, yeah. If we didn't have any enemies with PETA before, we do now. Oh, look, I'll, I'll send PETA a video of me having taken that thing out of my backpack. Um, Throwing <laughs> on that cast iron with a little carry gold in there. Come on now. So, yeah, Hunter is, uh, as he likes to say, turn the volume up to 11 and r- rip the knob <laughs> off on deer hunting now. I can't, no, no, I, just, no. I can't understand how you went from one extreme all the way across to, to kill to, to eat fetuses. Yeah, I mean, deer. Had we had this conversation last year, he would have. <laughs> he had to say deer after seven. 
<laughs> just to make sure. Well, I do need to make this pause, and he goes, "Dear, I do need to make sure that somebody could clip that and get weird with it." Uh, <laughs> That's what got me was the fact that there was a pause, and he goes, "Dear." Oh, yeah. I'm really, 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 really hoping that there's no uh, pregnant doe when we go back. Well, I want to see how his rifle performs too. I do too. If nothing else, I I've want never to see shot you. long range deer like I'm I've. Here. I've had. A, I had a conversation today at Pedal Outdoors um, about that um, because I'm shooting the 129 grain Hornady Superformance, and normally in the 6.5 you shoot 140 grain long range because the bullet has a better BC because it's just longer. Mm-hmm. It's just a longer bullet. Um, so I don't think. Just based on shooting the two twenty out to five hundred, that in my mind wouldn't—it's not going to be that—wouldn't bother me. But you know, anything past that, I would probably want a different, a better, like a match grade bullet. If well, nothing else, the good thing about where we're going to go is—is is you can we can, we can at least set a target up mm-hmm. a long ways off mm-hmm. and 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 do that because I kind of want to see that anyway. I've oh, never, I'd have to try to shoot it. I don't, I'd want to try. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I've never, I've never That'd be fun. attempted a shot that far before, and I would be interested to do it. So we'll definitely get to do that. Um, I tell you what, we need we to might. bring a piece of steel. We need a uh, need a coyote call. That's what we need. We just, I don't have an electric. We have a truck, dude. What? Just open the doors of the truck. What do you mean? Look up coyote on YouTube. Look up coyote call on YouTube. Open the doors of the truck. Let her eat. Open the doors of the truck. Make sure the lights are off. Let it go. That's what I do duck hunting. <laughs> I'm joking. It's a joke. <laughs> Matt, turn that down. Turn your phone down, Matt. Oh. See, Matt just did that to himself. Did. Um, Rubbing off on him. By the time this show comes out, this could have all changed, obviously. Yeah, Ben will be dead in the Gulf of Mexico by the time the show <laughs> comes out. I'm going to make sure that hour set wet these suit. up ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. um, 75-hour body bags. <laughs> as of right now, um, the deer hunting contest, William Carey and uh, So uh, Y'all are dominating right now, aren't you? Well, I mean, it's, it's early. Um, but we did have, I got to look it up and tally it up. Uh, we've had two bucks tallied on here so far. Um, Southern has not entered one yet. Uh, the first buck we had was 117 and 7 eighths inches. Um, and then the second buck we had, uh, just the other day, I got to add this up and see where it's at now, was a 160 inch gross, uh, 160 and 7 eighths or 6 eighths, something like that gross that was killed by one of our guys. And it is a man. Of a deer. What did he use to kill it? A rifle. I know. It's legal for him. Yeah. Hey, he was in Louisiana. We'll say 16? No, he's in Louisiana. No, he was he's in Louisiana. A week, or, a week earlier than ours. So he um, shot it with a crossbow? No. Pretty much. Shot. No, yeah, he shot it with good. a rifle. <laughs> it's a little worse. But, <laughs> but, so the current score is like 278 to nothing right now. So, Look. uh if I was Southern Miss, I'd just go right around Delta at night. Hit one my truck. <laughs> shoot uh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. There's actually a category for that. Where's Delta State? Didn't turn your stuff in. Not here. So they're not doing it? Apparently not. Okay. Cowards. That's a that's a change game changer. Big time game changer. <laughs> I was like, well, we'll just win it again. Yeah. Um, But Southern, uh, they'll, start, they'll start cranking up now. 
Thanksgiving gets here because early in the season we have an advantage because of the trimester system and having a, a fall break when we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, once rifle season gets here, they get the advantage because being on semesters, they're out like right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, first week of Christmas, first week of December, I guess. So our guys will go to school until right up till Christmas, basically. Yeah, and Southern, you know, they're they're practicing getting better. They need to. <laughs> They need to. They, they hadn't been to the World Series. They haven't been to the woods because they've been in the cage. That's what Heath said. It better be the cage. <laughs> Usually not pitching that gives us trouble. <laughs> well, that's about all I got tonight. You guys got anything else? Nope. Honor? No, I'm good. Oh, before we go, I do want to shame Donald Rawls. I'm going to go ahead and do it on there. I'm going to text him later, but uh, Donald posted a picture of a mountain lion and said it was in Bunker Hill. And then I texted him. I was like, dude, you're joking, right? He was like, no, man, I'm serious. Well, it turns out it was in Arkansas. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So, you also texted me that, and I didn't respond because I don't acknowledge you being <laughs> foolish like that. <laughs> so next time we uh, talk to Donald, I got a bone to pick with him. So anyway, you guys don't have anything else. I'm good. Appreciate you guys listening. Mississippi